Thank you for listening to the Giving Light Podcast. We are a family church and world outreach center. Our heart is to empower you to walk in true freedom and equip you to impact your world. Please visit our website at givinglight.org to learn more about us and our many resources, including original music by Brave Music, e-courses for leaders, tools for raising powerful kids, and more. If you would like to support Giving Light financially, visit our Give Online page to choose the best giving method for you. Thanks again for joining us and enjoy this message. Just out of curiosity, I watched myself the last time I preached afterwards. Uh, man, I was really having a good time. Just <laughs> laughing. I don't know if anybody got anything out of it, but I was having a good time. Uh, you, know, in the, you know, the kingdom of God is hearing and obeying, right? Well, the Lord was talking to me this morning, and Laura gave that testimony uh, this morning. And, uh, you know, there's something you have to do. You have to out-talk the devil. You have to out-talk the devil. And I'm not saying those kids were the devil, but the devil has been feeding them. Why would a kid be negative, you know? So you have to out-talk the devil. I, I learned that from um, Apostle Chuck Clayton. Anybody remember Apostle Chuck Clayton? Well, he, uh, because, well, I won't even go into that, but he's the one that taught me you have to out-talk the devil. I thought it was interesting this morning. One of the songs uh, was about getting your hope up. Uh, the prophetic word was about getting your hope up. And my sermon is on getting your hope up. My message is on getting your hope up. So, uh, but I want to tell you a testimony um, because testimonies get your hope up. And we talked about, we've talked about hope the last couple of uh, times I preached. And in hope, your faith is worthless without hope. Because faith is the substance of things hoped for. And if you don't have any hope, you have nothing for your faith to give substance to. And so uh, <clears throat> I'm not sure when it was. This is about four or five, six weeks ago. Might have been in May, June, or probably June, something like that. But uh, we, had, we were away. We went down to Virginia, Woodstock, Virginia. And we had uh, done all the ministry, and uh, they had uh, done the Sunday morning. And they took us out to a restaurant, and uh, I, got, I was good. I got a salmon salad. And so it was good, but at the last bite of the salmon, I bit into that last piece, and pain just filled the left side of my face, my gums, my teeth. I mean... There's no bones in salmon. If there's anything, it's just cartilage, you know. So, I mean, and for weeks, I couldn't, I could not chew on the left side of my jaw because just extreme pain in my, in my teeth. Some of my teeth were actually loose. And so, um, I couldn't drink coffee, because when I drink coffee, my mouth would uh, get inflamed, inflammation. I mean, and it would hurt to drink coffee. <laughs> you're either, you're hurting one way for not drinking it, and you're hurting another way for not getting, you know, for drinking it. 
So anyway, uh, I'm in this dilemma, and I remembered a testimony from back in the 1970s, probably 1978, say a long time ago. But it was a testimony, and I've told this, uh, this story. I'm not going to go into great detail about it, but we, we were working in a Teen Challenge coffee house. We, that was our responsibility. It was a Teen Challenge induction center, and one of the guys that was in the program, uh, Floyd was his first name. I can't remember his last name. But Floyd was actually had been in the gangs in New York, and he knew Nikki Cruz. Some of you know, well, who's Nikki Cruz? You ever see the cross and the switchblade or read the book? Well, he, he was familiar with him. I don't know how much, but that's what he told us. That was his testimony. And he, was a, he had been a heroin addict. You know, he's very faithful, had a very powerful testimony, but he backslid. <clears throat> And he was gone for a while. And when he came back, he had been in a car accident. Now, he didn't have all of his teeth to begin with. But when he came back, he'd been in a car accident. And the teeth that he had left were loose and crooked. And so we prayed for him, not just Melody and I, but the group. We prayed for him, and God instantly healed him, straightened his teeth, uh, here's the real test. He said, I'm hungry. You got to know some ministries don't have a lot of money. All we had was fresh carrots. <laughs> You're talking about, and, I, and you know, I'm, I can't even eat oatmeal because it brought pain to me. So we gave him those fresh carrots and he was eating those fresh carrots. Well, that testimony came back to me. And I started thinking about that testimony. I thought, well, why don't I just pray for myself? So I laid hands on myself, and I said, Lord, you heal Floyd. You can heal me. And I have no pain in my mouth, and I drank coffee this morning. Hallelujah. <laughs> Glory to God. Why do I tell you this? Because that's one of the methods of getting your hope up. Remembering the testimony. You say, well, that gets your faith up. No, your faith, your, your hope gets your faith up. When you hear a testimony, just like the woman with the issue of blood, she heard about Jesus, and it moved her to activate her faith to go to Jesus, a woman with an issue of blood. She comes to Jesus breaking the law. She's a social outcast. She had been for 12 years with an issue of blood, and her hope got up, and it got her up, and her face started moving her, and she reached out and touched the hem of, her, of his garment because she kept saying to herself, keeping her hope up, if I only touch the hem of his garment, I shall be made whole. Hallelujah. Well, yesterday I was reading the Bible. I read the Bible every day. Aren't you glad you got a preacher that reads his Bible? I read other things, but I get, more, I get more out of it. Oh, that's another thing. I had a prophetic inspiration this morning. Actually, the Lord's been speaking this to me, but he brought it to my attention to give it to you. This might be for one person. This might be for the whole congregation. But you are not wasting your time coming to church. 
You are not wasting your time praying. You are not wasting your time reading the word. You are not wasting your time praying in tongues. You are not wasting your time because everything you do has, uh, has a positive or a negative consequence. And by reading the word, by praying in tongues, by coming to the fellowship of the Lord, you are, you are edifying yourself and that edification gets you to the place where you can move. And, you know, you're not wasting your time loving people. You're not wasting your time holding on to the pulpit because <laughs> you're going to fall over. You're not wasting your time doing anything that the Lord has told you to do. You are actually strengthening yourself. Well, we know that, well, maybe not everybody, but... As a general rule, we know that when we pray in tongues, we are edifying, we are building ourselves up on our most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost. But I was reading the Bible yesterday, and so I just thought I'd look up hope. You know, I'd already done a word study on it, but I wanted to, uh, you know, maybe see if I could find another nugget, which I did. It's in Zechariah. You go to Matthew and take a left. And you'll get to Zechariah after Malachi. But in Zechariah chapter 9, beginning in verse 9, and verse 9 is not really where I want to go, but uh, you know, Jesus did everything on purpose. It said in, uh, says in Zechariah 9, 9, he says, Rejoice greatly, O daughter of Zion. Shout. And I just say this, you're not wasting your time shouting. You might be wasting your time shouting at each other, but you're not wasting your time shouting unto the Lord. You're not wasting your time being reverent. You're not wasting your time being humble. And I'm talking about true humility. True humility is not being a doormat. True humility is hearing the voice of God and obeying it. That's true humility. He says, shout, O daughter of Zion, behold, your king is coming to you. He is just and having salvation, lowly or humble, and riding on a donkey, a fowl, a colt, the fowl of a donkey. Now, if you remember reading the Gospels, you'll see that Jesus actually did this. Jesus fulfilled prophetic words that were spoken hundreds of years before he came along. Hundreds of years, even thousands of years before he came, because throughout the Old Testament, we see pictures of Jesus, which I do. Anybody ever hear Ravi Ravi Zacharias? Well, I like to listen to him occasionally. And there was a question asked him about Christianity, about Christianity being a new religion compared to the other religions. And he gave an answer, and I said, yeah, that's right. And then, because I had always had, uh, I had a class I did in, um, in ITC. It was called the Old Testament Survey. And so in that class, I would talk about the, threat, the, the, the scarlet thread of salvation. You know that even before the foundation of the world, uh, that Christ was crucified before the foundation of the world to bring you to himself. If it's before the foundation of the world, that beats out all other religions. (laughs) 
Even the first, even that first prophetic word that God gave to Eve was that you, your seed will crush the head of the serpent. So Christianity was long before. But Jesus, Jesus, everything he did had a purpose, and he was fulfilling prophetic words that happened hundreds and even, even, even thousands of years before he came. So if anybody ever says to you, well, what about all these other religions? And you can say with, with confidence that Christianity was first. Christianity was first. Well, what about the Jewish? Well, that's just a part of. It was a carrier. How many of you women that have been pregnant, how many of you know you were carriers? You were carrying a child. And the whole Jewish nation was a carrier. That's why God had to keep purity in the line. That's why there was such a strict strictness because God had to keep a pure line so that the Savior could come through the line. He didn't want them getting involved in these other false religions. He didn't want them worshiping idols. He didn't want them. We could just go on and on with that. But he didn't want it because he wanted to keep a pure line. And he still wants to keep a pure line. Yeah, yeah. You know, nobody wants to talk about negative stuff but just close your ears if you don't want to hear it. Do you know the scripture says in the New Testament that God will destroy those that destroy his temple? What is the temple of God now? You are the temple of God. The church of Jesus Christ is the temple of the living God. And anyone that would set out to destroy the temple of the living God, God is not happy with them. Hallelujah. So anyway, let's get to that word I, I got this morning. It's in verse 11. Starting in verse 11, it says this. As for you, say me. me. You is me. Today, you is me. So this is for you, which is me. <laughs> today. Thank you. As for you also, because of the blood of your covenant. You know, everything you've got, every benefit you have, your salvation and everything is purchased by the blood of the covenant. And the blood of the covenant is the blood of Jesus. We overcome them, principalities, powers, rulers of darkness of this world, by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony, you have to out-talk the devil. You might have to keep your mouth running for a while because I, ha I happen to know he likes to run his mouth. Have you ever thought about the, have you ever thought about the, have you ever gone through a period of time where just thought, negative thoughts just kept coming through your mind, coming, coming, coming? You have to out-talk them. Yeah. One of the best ways I found out, and I mentioned it before, that is not my thought. Yeah. When he comes and speaks a lie to me, I say, that is not my thought. But he says, because of the blood of your covenant, I will set your prisoners free. Amen. 
Let me just say this this morning. There are good prisoners and there are bad prisoners. You mean the, one, the good ones are the ones that are really innocent? No. I will set your prisoners free from the waterless pit. Return to the stronghold, you prisoners of hope. You prisoners of hope. Are you a prisoner of hope? He says, even today, I declare that I will restore double to you. Some of you are just believing to get your, get your stuff back. Well, God doesn't want to just give your stuff back. He wants to give you double. There's an Old Testament scripture I like. It says, when the thief is caught, he has to restore sevenfold. You're not just getting your stuff back. You should be getting more than before. More than before, you should be getting more than what you had. Amen. I'm not preaching a gospel that says you're never going to have a problem. Because that would be a lie. How, how many, you might have had a problem this morning just getting to church. <laughs> we used to have a problem. I was the preacher. <laughs> we used to have a problem every Sunday morning. I would be irritated. <laughs> I would be irritated because I want to be now, my idea of on time is early. That's the way I was raised. Not to go to church, but just to be early wherever you go. So we were never on time. And I'd be sitting out in the... One hour early. An hour, on the, an hour early is on time for me, for church. And so I'm waiting in the car, fuming. I'm not going to mention any names. But there was somebody that was consistently late in my She exposed herself. Didn't even have to mention it. But here I'm the preacher and I'm mad before church every Sunday. Every, so I'm not preaching a gospel where you never run into problems. You do run into problems, but thank God for the blood of Jesus. Thank God for the power of God. Thank God for the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Hallelujah. So again, I want to read verse 12. He says, return to the stronghold. Now, you know, there's words that we have defined as bad. Like, God, like uh, casting down uh, strongholds and imaginations. Well, yes, you cast those down, but you should have strongholds of righteousness. Yes. You should have strongholds of hope. You should have strongholds of joy. You should have strongholds of, of the power of God on the inside of your life that you can run to during the time of attack so that when the enemy comes, you've got something to run to, not just to hide, but to get energized so you can go back out under the power and the unction and the anointing of the Holy Spirit. So he says, return to the stronghold, you prisoners of hope. Wow. wow. 
Are you a prisoner of hope? Well, let's just give you the definition of that hope again in case you've forgotten. And I know we have some that didn't hear this because they weren't here. But hope defined is uh, hope is favorable and confident expectation. Is hope your stronghold? If it is, then you are going to constantly be running to faithful, uh, favorable and confident expectation. You're going to have problems. You're going to have things come against you. But yeah, you've got a stronghold that you can run to that gets you back into favorable, confident expectation. Gets you out of your hee-haw doctrine. <laughs> if it weren't for bad luck, I'd have no luck at all. Room, despair, and agony. You know what? A lot of Christians have hee-haw, hee-haw theology. They've got here, you know, you know, sometimes we all have to fight it. Sometimes we have to fight it, but we have to run back to the stronghold and be a prisoner of hope. It also just says this. It is well, it's hope has to do with the unseen and future. Faith is now. Hope is future. Hope describes the happy anticipation of good. Hope is always anticipating good. Hallelujah. Well, you know what? You ought to be a prisoner of hope and anticipating Christ's return. You ought to be happy about it. I know when I was young, I wasn't too happy about it because I wasn't married yet, and I wanted to experience that. <laughs> so the Lord, just hang on, because I, ser- I went to a service, and they said Jesus could come back this year. Jesus could come back this month. Jesus could come back this week. Jesus could come back. Wait, Jesus, don't come back today. <laughs> That's when I was young in the faith. But there's still some people that are, are just lingering. They're not ready for Jesus to come back. They still want to have one foot in and one foot out. They want to enjoy the pleasures of this world without really enjoying the pleasures of the kingdom of God. Are you a prisoner of hope? Are you anticipating good? Are you anticipating? I am a prisoner of hope. I am expecting people to be healed. I'm expecting good. I am a prisoner of hope. I'm expecting a harvest of souls to come into the kingdom of God. I am a prisoner of hope. I am expecting mass deliverance of people that are bound by the enemy. I am a prisoner of hope. I am expecting marriages not only to be healed, but restored and brought to a level that God has ordained them to have. Are you a prisoner of hope? And he says, if you are a prisoner of hope, then you are going to have double. Man, I hate to go to the sermon. This is just so good. (laughs) Are you a prisoner? Oh, no, I'm trying to get free. Don't get free of hope. Don't get free of hope. 
Keep your hope up. I was thinking of a song the other day. It was called Get Your Praise On. Get your praise on. Maybe you didn't hear the song. (laughs) Maybe I just made it up. Mm. I had a a thought. uh, It was a word for me. I put it on Facebook one time, but if I have no music to dance to, I will make my own music. I don't need, you know, because you don't, you're not church seven days a week, right? We have great worship here, but bless God, you ought to be able to carry that worship through the week and get your praise on. You get your praise on, you get your hope up. Thank you, Jesus. Well, I've already mentioned this, but I want to give you scripture for it. Get, uh, getting your hope up deals with looking for the blessed hope. The blessed hope is the return of Christ. Second, or it's in Titus chapter 2.13. It says, for the grace of God that brings salvation has appeared to all men. Say all men. If they're not seeing it, it's because they don't want to. That's why we pray that the stronghold, or not only pray, but command that the God of this world does not blind the minds of those who do not believe, lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ should shine unto them. When your hope is up, you've got boldness to speak the word of God. Well, you know, some of us have this hoping and praying. That's not the hope I'm talking about. I'm talking about a hope that anticipates and expects good. Expects good. He says, the grace of God has appeared to all men. Now, let me ask you a question. Do you see it? Do you see the grace of God? I'm not talking about past. We know you went to the altar. We know you... We know you confess Jesus. I'm not talking about the past grace. I'm talking about the now grace. I told you, I think it was the last time I preached, uh, Orr Roberts talked about, uh, he did a a thing on the Holy Spirit in the now. Well, if you are serving the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, if you are serving the God who is the same yesterday, today, and forever, everything is now. Everything is now. Your hope is now. Grace is now. Faith is now. Healing is now. Deliverance is now. It's all now. It's all now. And if I don't have it physically, I have a hope that sees it and joyfully anticipates its arrival. So we have to run to the stronghold of faith because sometimes it's just not natural. You know, it is not natural. It has to be supernatural, but it is not natural to go through this life and not experience as attacks where you can get discouraged. When I was in the when I was in the in the Navy, I was a boiler operator, boiler tech, make it sound good. 
technician. And in the summertime, it would be like over 100 degrees down in the, down in the boiler room because I was on a World War II destroyer, two, two ships, both World War II. And we would do a job called uh, blowing the tubes. And what that is, you had to keep the tubes cleaned. Well, you clean them on the inside. Of course, that's when the boiler's down. But you had to also keep the carbon off of the boiler tubes on the inside of the boiler. And the way you did that was there's this, there's this apparatus that ran a tube down through the, through the tubes, and you would uh, put a crank on it, and you would turn it. And when you did it, just steam was just blowing all over you. And I got real spiritual when I did that, <laughs> even though I wasn't spiritual. I mean, the God got, and I start singing, nobody knows the troubles I see. Nobody knows my sorrow. Yeah, I mean, just heat. I mean, it's already over 100, 100 degrees. Now you got steam blowing on you. But you know what? I enjoyed it because I got to sing. It gave me an excuse. Besides, it was so loud, nobody could hear you. <laughs> I don't care where you're at. You can always get back to the stronghold of hope. You can always get back... You say, well, you know, why didn't God just do it? God gives you the tools to do it. Yeah. I mean, it's not hard to sing. I mean, some of us don't want to hear what you're singing, but, you know. <laughs> some of you can sing to yourself. You can sing in the shower. You can sing in the car. You're not always with somebody. And sometimes I just like to sing in front of people. You never tell. I'm a little bashful about it. Even in public, not just in church, that's a, that's a way of connection. That's a way of opening the door. Do you know your mouth either opens heaven's doors or it shuts? I want to open the atmosphere of heaven. Hallelujah. So, there is a grace of God that appears to all men. Say all men. Amen. Do you have anybody you'd like to see get closer to Jesus? Start praying and start decreeing that, that the grace of God will appear to them, that they will notice the grace of God that he's poured out on them. And you can also take authority over the enemy because the enemy is trying to blind their minds so that they can't see the grace of God that's already here. A lot of times we're waiting for stuff and praying for stuff that God's already done. Mm -hmm. God is not obligated to answer a prayer for something he's already done. Think about that for a while. Selah. <laughs> you might want to evaluate your prayers yeah, that's true. and see if you're asking for things that God's already done. If he's already done it, start thanking him for it. Start acting like it's already done. Well, he goes on to say that the grace of God teaches us that denying ungodly and worldly lust. Man, I'm sounding like an old preacher. 
denying. Somebody say denying. Denying ungodly and worldly lust, we should live soberly, righteously, and godly in this present age. Now, well, when I get to heaven, I'm going to be righteous. No, you're righteous right now. You're just not acting like it. I'm not looking at any. No. <laughs> you can always get better. You can always have more grace. So but didn't he give it all? He, said, he says in James, he says, he giveth more grace to the humble. To the humble. What's the humble? The doormat? No. Because the doormat won't get up and obey God. You being a doormat, you're being disobedient to God. Did I say that? Because, because hum, true humility, again, is hearing the voice of God and obeying it. If he tells you to break out in, in the store with a song, you better do it. Hallelujah. If he tells you to dance in the store, you better do it. You say, well, that's just not, uh, that's just not normal. That's not, worldly, that, that's not worldly normal. In the kingdom of God, it is normal. There's a lot of things that are supernatural because when you do those things that he tells you to do, it opens up a supernatural door for the spirit of God and the angels of God to move. We are surrounded by angels, but are they employed? Well, I'm going to get a good meal today. <laughs> I might even get a chicken. Well, those rotisserie, rotisserie chicken is not fried. It's not organic, no. <laughs> See what I have to put up with? I mean, you know, I already had a restricted diet. Now it's like, uh, whatever. Don't you get in there. He says, looking for the blessed hope. That's a full-time job. Looking for. That's just not occasionally talking about it. You're looking for the blessed hope. I, uh, sometimes I like to look at the clouds. You ever look at, look at the clouds and see how the, the rays are coming through? Yeah. You're just thinking Jesus could be coming through there at any moment. <laughs> looking for, desiring, longing for. Now, that doesn't mean to quit your job. That doesn't mean, oh, he's coming back so I can just be a hobo, a spiritual hobo and do nothing. No. We're loving his appearing, but we're also occupying until he comes. That's what he told us to do. Looking for the blessed hope and the glorious appearing of our great God and Savior who gave himself for us that he might redeem us from every lawless deed and purify for himself his own special people who are zealous for good works. I know why people don't like to read the book of Titus. Because Titus, about three or four times, maybe even more, he talks about encouraging people to do good works. That means you got to get up and do something. What is a good work? Whatever he tells you to do. 
you know, some people are doing this, some people are doing this, but is God telling you to do that? And are you doing what he's told you to do? I remember uh, hearing a story by Kenneth Copeland. He was, uh, he was a pilot for Oral Roberts. And so while Oral Roberts was preaching, it was his job to hold Oral Roberts' coat. That's all he did when Oral Roberts was preaching. Anybody know who I'm talking about? Yeah. Okay, good. And he's thinking to himself, I can preach better than that. A lot of preachers do that. Or while somebody else is preaching, they're getting ideas for their next sermon. Not just because of what they said, but because the Spirit's downloading. So he's standing there holding the coat, thinking, I can preach. I can preach that, I, you know. And then he was thinking about how he could just go out and start preaching. And the Lord spoke to him and he said, if you, you can go and you can preach and you can see souls saved and you can see people get healed, but you will not get the reward that you will get if you just stand here and hold his coat because everyone he leads to the Lord, you get credit for. Everyone that gets healed through his ministry, you get credit for. Why? Because he, because he was obeying what God wanted him to do. Well, are you going to be obedient to what God tells you to do? That's just a question. You don't have to answer. But you have to answer it yourself. How many ever, uh, when you're praying in tongues, do anybody pray in tongues around here? <laughs> you ever thought this is a waste of time? I'm just, I'm just mumbling. It's not a waste of time. For one thing, Jesus told you to do it. Jesus said, these signs shall follow them that believe. They shall speak with new tongues. So Jesus said, but you, you know, I left out, I forgot about the one before that. Believers will cast out demons. You know, demons are not unemployed anymore. They're not on strike. They haven't gone out of existence. They're still around. And it's your job and my job to get rid of them whenever they show up. I don't go looking for demons, but if I run into one, I tell them where to go. Out. I don't tell them to go to hell because um, that's not where they're supposed to be right now. But I tell them to get, they're not supposed to be in people. Yeah. Thank you, Lord. You getting anything out of this? Yeah. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So Titus, let's go to, let's do another verse in Titus. Titus chapter three, verse four. It says, but when the kindness and love of God, our savior towards men appeared. You know, some people just have a negative, a negative uh, view of what God is. They're thinking that if you, if you start witnessing or talking to them about God, by the way, witnessing is not a waste of time. <laughs> Even if they don't receive it, it's not a waste of time. Because it, you might plant a seed that, somebody, that is going to be watered and is going to produce fruit later. 
So just because you don't get to rake in the harvest doesn't mean that that is unfruitful. Besides, if you are doing what God says, you are going to be rewarded for it. Thank you for that one yes. (laughs) Hallelujah. But when the kindness and love of God, our Savior towards the men appeared, not by works of righteousness, which we have done, but according to his mercy, he saved us by the washing of regeneration and renewing of the Holy Ghost or the Holy Spirit. Renewing. Somebody said, well, pastor, I got filled with the Holy Ghost. How long ago was that? Oh, that had been 20 years ago. Well, have you been refilled? You know, I'm allowed to eat steak. Hallelujah. (laughs) I don't get to very often, but I'm allowed to. But you know, I've had a steak before. But I can say, man, I had a steak 20 years ago. Bless God, but if you're going to the steakhouse today, let's go. <laughs> no, some people are just happy with a Holy Ghost experience 20 years ago. There's more. There's more. There's more. There's more. There's more. Maybe you haven't, maybe you haven't even. <laughs> the Holy Ghost is so special. I was sitting on a couch one time. I was getting ready to go uh, do a home Bible study or something like that. This was in Kansas City years ago. I was just sitting on the couch of the love seat. Of course, this isn't as comfortable as that, but, you know, it's kind of like this, and I kind of had my head in my hand, and I was just praying in the Holy Ghost. And all of a sudden, this, this like, holy oil just comes over me, and I start laughing. This is before Toronto. I thought, what's wrong with me? You know. Yeah. Well, I tried to shut it off. So So anyway, this thing just comes over, man. I'm just laughing and laughing and laughing. Well, you know, there's more of that. So I could say, oh, I remember back in Kansas City when the Holy Ghost come on me. How about some more? How about some more? I want some more. I want some more. I want some more. You have not gotten to the place where you've got all that God has for you. You have not gotten to the place where you've even scratched the surface of the joy and the presence and the power of God that he has for you. There's more. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. But again, he says, not by works of righteousness, we have done well, Pastor, you, uh, you say, oh, I got to, you're, you're making me work for this. No, it's not by your works of righteousness, which you've done, but according to his mercy, you're not going on your works, you're going on your, his mercy. Mercy is something that you get from him. Hallelujah. Well, we used to say mercy is something you don't get that you deserve. And grace is something you get that you don't deserve. But the reality is, is you're getting the good that God wants to pour out on you without having to work for it. But I've got to be a prisoner of hope to get it. 
I have to have a joyful expectation knowing that God's got something good, something better for me. God has got more. You cannot outpray God's provision. God has got more than what you will ever dream, think, imagine, or ask for. To him who is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that we ask or think, according to the power that works on the inside of us. To him be glory. Are you giving him glory? Come on. You know, you're, uh, you're not wasting your time when you say amen. <laughs> you're not wasting your time when you say hallelujah. And I'm not just talking about here. I'm talking about away from the congregation. You're not even wasting your time when you speak the name of Jesus, even though you don't have the faith to use it. Because he didn't say, speak my name and have faith in it, even though that's good. Be bold to speak the name of Jesus. I was reading about a, a minister. He's gone on to be with the Lord, but I've had one of his books for years. I mean, years. And I was reading through it. And he said something, I thought, man, he said, use the name of Jesus even though you don't have faith, but be bold when you say it. Be bold when you say it. Then when it works, the faith will be there. The faith will be there. Be bold, hallelujah. I'm going to preach a sermon on being bold. Not today. He says, by the washing of regeneration and renewing, I just, I just love this scripture, renewing of the Holy Ghost, renewing of the Holy Spirit, renewing. That means, uh, you know, in my other car, uh, the one I got rid of, I, I love that car. It was a CRV, Honda CRV, but it got to the place where for some reason, I was leaving the battery on. I was leaving the battery on, and so I'd go out to start it, and nothing. Not even the click, click, click. If you hear the click, 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 you know you're in trouble. But if you don't hear anything, you know you're in trouble. <laughs> but I had a little battery, a lithium battery, about that wide, about that, about that thick. And I just go in and I get my lithium battery and I hook it up to the battery and I'd start that car right up. Start that car right up. Well, you got a, you've got a Holy Ghost battery. <laughs> the washing of regeneration and renewing of the Holy Ghost. Every time you get run down, you just go to the Holy Spirit, you start praying, and even though you feel like you're wasting your time, you're a prisoner of hope, so you start expecting good. You're anticipating good, and all of a sudden, man, you've got it. What's that other song we sang this morning? Uh, we sang, this is, how, this is How I Fight My Battles. I thought about it. I thought, I have been doing this for years. This is how I fight my battles. Just praying in tongues for hours. 
praying in tongues, worshiping. Worshiping. That's how I fight my battles. Now, when I have to use the name of Jesus, all right. But my prep time is this. We would train, 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 train in the military. You would, uh, we, uh, in the Navy, we had uh, what they call damage control. You had to prepare if there's a hole in the side of your ship or water's gushing in. But even worse than that is a fire. If you have a fire and a hole where water's gushing in the side of your ship, you take care of the fire first. Fire is bad on a ship. So our drill was, this is a drill, this is a drill. Fire in the paint locker. <laughs> the paint locker is where you kept all the paint. The paint was oil-based. And, and there's other places we would have it. You know, we'd go down, go down in places. You're carrying, a, you're carrying a hose, and you're going down a step that's like, it's, it's like straight down. I remember just going to, you know, just going, to, just running down those things, the straight down steps, not holding onto the ladder, but the other way. I remember one time I fell, but I grabbed a hold of a pipe. So what do you got to do? If you're not in battle, this is a drill. This is a drill. Fire in the paint locker. So then you get out and you start praying in tongues. You start, you start shouting. You start worshiping. Well, I don't feel like it. That's the time to do it. Yeah, right. You know, most of the times when they would have those drills, we had worked all day in the fire room, in the heat, and it was during our break that they would have these drills. Well, I just wanted to lay, I just wanted to lay in my bunk or I wanted to lay on the back of the ship. I didn't want to do any drills. But that's when they called them. Yeah, and it was always when you didn't want them to. It was always when you didn't feel like it. But you know, because we did that, anytime the real deal came, we were able to handle it. You're able to handle what you are training yourself to do. How many of you, how many of you train to use the sword of the Spirit? Hallelujah. How many of you train your tongue? Well, the Bible says, don't you know, Pastor? The Bible says no man can tame the tongue, but the Holy, Holy Spirit sure can. The Holy Spirit can train your tongue. The Word of God can get a hold of your tongue. Besides, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. So if you train the heart, yep. you're going to train the tongue. Yeah. I, just, I just had a, a vision of, um, you know, those piercings. Somebody piercing their lip and their tongue together. No man can tame the tongue. Well, we just figured out how to do it. <laughs> Better do more than one. You probably ought to put six of them around this side and six of them on this side. We'll get that tongue tamed. No, you got to get your heart trained. You got to train your heart. And then out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth will speak. Through the washing of regeneration and renewing of the Holy Ghost, he poured... He, we poured out on us abundantly 
Through Jesus Christ, our Savior, say abundantly. Uh, some of you don't re remember this, but we used to put grease on our hair. And then the dry look came. I love the dry look. But anyway, there was a, there was a uh, hair grease called Brill Cream. And a little dab will do you. This is, yeah, this is way back there. This is when TVs were black and white. <laughs> and the remote was getting up out of the chair or telling the kid to turn it. That was the remote. I saw a thing on Facebook. It said, there's no remote in, there is no remote for life. You have to get up and change it yourself. Hallelujah. So this is what we're saying today. You have to be a prisoner of hope before you change anything in your life. Because remember, faith, uh, hope affects your faith, and faith affects the outcome of your life. Faith gives you the, uh, hope gives you the picture of what you want, and faith gets up and changes the circumstance in Jesus' name. Well, he goes on to say that, that having been justified by his grace, we should become heirs according to the hope of eternal life. Say, hope of eternal life. Eternal Hallelujah. Life. You know, the funny thing about this is, is that eternal life is not something you get when you get to heaven. That's right. Eternal life is life as God has it. So if I have eternal life, I'm living it now. I'm living the life now. I have eternal life now. I don't feel like it. So what? Are you talking about how you feel? Or are you talking about what God has said and what you have? Speaking eternal life. Looking for the blessed hope. Expecting as a prisoner of hope, that you will see a harvest of souls. Just think if every one of us had that hope. Yeah. If every one of us, I'm sure, I'm sure it might start out as a trickle, but you will see. If you have that hope on the inside of you, it will motivate you to do something. Yes. And you will see the glory of God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Well, God is good. <laughs> I was asked this morning, I, I'm going to ask the healing team to come up. Anybody have any uh, words of knowledge? What? Numbness, intermittent numbness in your hand. Intermittent numbness in your hand. Okay. Wrist. Wrist? Anybody have a wrist issue? Hip, leg. Hip, leg. Bone pain. Bone pain. Anybody have a body? <laughs> body pain. <laughs> the knee bones connect to the... Anyway. Like I said, I enjoy myself. I already turned off the camera, so I can't see myself having a good time. Glory to God. So... You know, you might be here today and you're not even you're not even real secure about if you die. You should not have a fear of death, by the way. You should not have a fear of death. If you're afraid of dying, you need to talk to me. 
or anybody up here. Because you should have an assurance of your salvation. So if you have a fear of the future, if you have a fear, you need to talk to somebody. Receive the love of God and perfect love cast out fear. Amen. So, all right, if you have those, uh, those, or if you have the, uh, the thing where you're fearful of the future, then come on up. And I'm going to ask Rosa. Where's Rosa at? There you are. All right. You want to come up here? Uh, you come on up. Uh, if if uh, you want to sit down in the front chair. Okay. All right. Yeah, that's right. We had some people come in this morning and said they needed uh, Christ the healer. Anybody else? Anybody? Uh, any? Any? Is there anybody that's broken free from the prison of hope? You're just a complainer. <laughs> we got room at the cross for you. There's room at the cross for you. There's room at the cross for you. Though millions have come, there's still room for one. Yes, there's room at the cross for you. So if you've broken out of the prison of hope, you need to get up here. No condemnation. Because, man, I can complain with the best of them. I can be as negative. I mean, it, it, just, it just comes natural. But, you know, I fight the good fight of faith. Praise the Lord. Well, Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, we just thank you for the word of the Lord. In Jesus' name, we thank you, Father God, that we are prisoners of hope. And Lord God, because we look for, anticipate the good that's coming through you, Lord God, we are going to receive double and even more in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you.